I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast. The podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, welcome back to Fighting on Film. Now this week, it's our Patreon pick episode. Every week, we allow our Patreons to pick a film for us and there's always a choice of four this month it was well if you're listening you probably read the title it's greyhound this week but we had hot shots part due we had oh what was it uh, steel bayonets and matt chose a really weird b movie i can't remember the name of it now <laughs> um battle at the center of the air or center like of the it. earth yeah it was like a weird yeah. uh cold war sort of fever film wasn't it yeah, yeah, it it looks amazing. I haven't even watched it yet. I just thought I'd throw it in there. I saw I that someone the trailer. mentioned it on Twitter, and I I looked at the trailer. And I was like, "Wow, this looks insane! This Lots is going on this guns. month." Yeah, <laughs> it's fighting Chinese people that have dug towards America to invade. Apparently, I, it's Batch insane, it. <laughs> crazy stuff. And you know, we we were accused jokingly of you know of this being a bit of a fix in in aid of of Greyhound. And I can categorically tell you that I wanted to cover every single one of the films yeah. that we bought this week. Yeah, we don't month. put up we don't put up anything hoping another thing will um will Well win. I did. I mean I, I always put up I famously put up Hornblower like six times. Yeah, I know, but that became it. that became a joke, <laughs> didn't it? Um but no, Greyhound won fair and square. And uh, before we begin, we just want to thank everyone again. And because this week we have broken into uh the top t- at time of recording. Um we've broken into the top 10 uk film review podcasts um on apple pods so we are over the moon like thank you Incredible. so much it's it, it's insane i mean mm. who could have predicted that i couldn't like we're, we're no, up there we're never up there top like you were like number six the other day i was exactly, like yeah this we're is in insane reaching, we're in touching distance of mark commode um amazing. yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a matter of time rob before we we topple them Exactly. Oh, no, Britain's, Britain's most niche that. war movie podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, so thank you so much to everyone who listens, shares, Absolutely. follows. Thank you. It means so much. Um, and another another bit of news. Um, me and Matt will be, it's not a fighting on film event, but we are going to be at the National Army Museum in July in London. Um, for Rich Fisher, you might know him on Twitter as Vickers MG. Um, he's for he's having a day where they're celebrating 100 years of the disbandment um, of the machine gun call and Matt's doing a talk on indirect fire. So there's a, there's a few events um, on just, I might as well throw all of these out. Sure, Rich will be really pleased that we did um, on the 3rd of July, which is this coming weekend. Um, we will be at Bisley uh, doing a 16 gun full company of Vickers machine guns, live yeah, firing as a demonstration. Uh, there'll be video of that if you can't make it, but it is free to the public. And then, as Rob said, there's going to be a couple of events in London at the National Army Museum uh, commemorating the disbandment of the Corps in 1922. 
Uh, there's going to be lots of talks, lots of displays. The museum is is you know there to look around as well. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's going to be a really nice little commemoration of a largely forgotten core. Um, yeah, so it's going to be great. I think I'm there as well. I'm showing some yeah, off some of my documentaries that I made. Hopefully. Um, and then the following weekend, I think, I think we've probably mentioned it before, but it's the We Have Ways uh, podcast festival. And we're there again doing our quiz. So it's a jam-packed month. But have no fears, the show will be, will be coming to you every week anyway. So without further ado... Let's talk about the best film that Tom Hanks has ever made. Oh, contentious one there, Matt. <laughs> some, people, some people may disagree there. I mean... Well, I mean, I, I mean, Tom's got such a bad catalogue. I know, right? It's just, it seems like he's just got another never-ending stream of good films to his credit, to mm. his, um, to his name. So I think with this week, I mean, talking about Tom Hanks, do you want to start with cast, Matt? Let's. So it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a concise cast. Um, you've got a few main players, and then you have um, the bridge crew, which pop in and out, various different people. So you've got Tom Hanks, who plays Commander Ennis Krauss, um, the commander of uh, a ship codenamed Greyhound, the titular... USS um, Keeling in the movie. Yeah, the Keeling. Um, then we've got Stephen Graham, who is is XO, uh, Lieutenant Commander Charlie Cole. And uh, listeners will remember him from Jenny's End. Uh, yep. Who's also in Tinker Taylor, uh, Parade's End, uh, Public Enemies, Band of Brothers, uh, and... Uh, the 2000s um, snatch boardwalk empire um, loads yeah ex- well you you know you, <laughs> yeah. the list goes on but i was i was thinking of occupation from uh, 2009 i think it yes. is yes that's fantastic the bbc that film one. about basra um mm. then we got rob morgan as george cleveland who is a um uh, a mess attendant and he's currently being criminally underused in stranger things uh, he was in godless and mudbound but he's great in this but as I said, he's kind of unu- underused in Stranger Things, where he's like the deputy. Um, right, yeah. Just stands there and has a few good lines now and then. He was in Don't Look Up recently. I liked him in that. Yeah, yeah. He's been in a yeah. lot of good stuff, actually. Uh, Elizabeth Shue uh, plays Evelyn uh, Frechette, who is Ernest's love interest. And mm. we get a couple of scenes with her. And she, you know, she you get one back. scene with her in. It's correct. It's yeah, yeah. one scene and a, and a memory. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, um, got Back to the Future, um, The Saint, Leaving Las Vegas, lots and lots of films. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. Then we've got uh, Manuel Garcia Ruffalo, who plays uh, Melvin Lopez, who was in Sicario Two and The Magnificent Seven. Uh, Carl Glossman plays Red Epstein, um, who is the, uh, the sonar operator, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brittany plays uh, Lieutenant Watson, who's been in lots of UK TV. Matt Helm plays uh, Lieutenant Naistrom. Uh, Devlin Druid plays Homer Wallace, again, lots of US TV. Um, Maximilian Osinski plays uh, the captain of um, uh, Eagle, uh, again, a lot of uh, US TV work. Yeah. And then Dominic Keating uh, plays the captain of, um, of Harry, HMS James, um, and he has been in quite a few different things, but as a Trekkie, I know him best as Malcolm Reed from Star Trek Enterprise. That's probably one of his best known roles as well. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Jet Hanks as uh, as Bushnell. Yeah. Nice little family connection there. Yeah. You missed the, the U-boat commander's um, voice. Oh, and who plays him? Thomas uh, Kretschmann. Kretschmann. I think I'm probably butchering that. Um, but he's a German actor and he voices the uh, the U-boat crew that you hear over the radio oh, yeah, that later them, in the yeah. movie. Yeah. So he was uh, in he was Hans von Wittland in Stalingrad in 1993. Oh, no he, way. Yeah. He was Hauptmann Wilhelm Hosenfeld in The Pianist in 2002. And then he was Hermann Figlin in Downfall in 2004. Oh wow! Okay, what a what a career, and probably well, I do apologise, dear listeners, no, for missing off my that's list. All right. but... I mean, it's a blink and you'll miss it cameo. I've got to admit. Oh, I know it is, but it's good though, isn't it? Wow, I didn't realise. I mean, we'll talk about those radio um, messages later on, but and he also played um, Otto Ernst Raymer in uh, 2008's Valkyrie, so he's got quite the quite oh, the back okay. catalogue there wow. playing German officers. So I thought it was quite a nice little little uh, cameo there, but I like all those. Uh, yeah, the chatting between the ships. I think that's quite good in it. I do like that. 
Yeah, I mean, between between Harry and Eagle, and I, I, yeah. I think all that works really well. Did you notice um, the uh, the Tom, Dick and Harry reference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? You've got the Dick, Harry, and then obviously Tom's the captain of the the first ship. I love it. It's a great little <laughs> thing, but it's like if you, do, if you don't put the dots together, you might miss it, but it's a really mm-hmm. nice little thing. Um, so I think it probably segues into production. Uh, so it was produced by Sony Pictures Entertainment and six other production companies were involved, but probably the, the ones that come to uh, come to mind more are Tom Hanks' own company called Playtone and Stage 6 Films, which is a Sony subsidiary that specialises in producing and acquiring lower budget features. Um, Tom Hanks wrote the screenplay of this one and it's based upon C.S. Forrester's 1955 no- novel, The Good Shepherd, um, and Hanks is a big fan of it. Um, I think he's mentioned before, I think he mentioned in a press junket, it's one of his favourite books, um, if I remember rightly. Um, And it was directed by Aaron Schneider, and he hadn't actually directed a feature film um, since 2009's uh, Get Low, with Robert Duvall in it. Um, And he, But he'd also won an Oscar for his uh, short film Two Soldiers in 2004, which is set, uh, I think, just before and just after Pearl Harbor. Um, So he has got good form, he just hasn't done that much work um and i think he does a very good job of uh, of directing this one um I, then, I, I agree i think it's really well yeah, directed very tight tight good vision good directing overall i think uh then we had cinematography by shelly johnson whose credits include captain america the first avenger jurassic park 3 and the expendables 2 so she's no stranger to action. well we can't hold those against her <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, Jurassic Park 3 is probably not the best film ever. I mean, Expendables 2 had its moments. I do like Captain America, the first one. I just think with those Marvel films, they don't go as in-depth as they should, but yeah, it's another one for another day. Uh, Dale Dye, the you know the famous Dale Dye, served as the film's military advisor, and he obviously had worked with Hanks before on Saving Poet Ryan, uh, Banner Brothers, The Pacific. You know, they're, all, they're all Hanks productions. So it's uh, obvious he'd get involved, um, you know, and it all shines through. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with the historical accuracy in this one, really. Maybe, maybe here I've, and there. I've not, I've not seen anyone really criticise any of the historical elements of it. I mean, I no, think with a broad good, brush, then, it gets things right, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. There's maybe some nitpicky little bits in there, but I, th- I thought it was quite good overall. Uh, the movie itself was filmed in 2018, and elements that were filmed at sea, which I thought was a very nice touch, bit like the cruel sea um they were shot aboard hmcs montreal of the royal canadian navy and the last seaworthy flower cast corvette hmcs sackville was used as the model for hmcs dodge uh the call sign dicky in the film so it's really nice they took the took the 3d scans yeah. of that flower class and then put it in the movie so you, it, not only you know it's not just a rec- it's not just a from the ground it looks model. so good though it's i mean so we'll talk nice, about that more later on but yeah seeing them smash into the waves and stuff is beautiful um and then the production team um, also took 3d scans of the fletcher class destroyer uss kid which was used as the model for uh, greyhound in march 2018 uh, so, and the movie was filmed on a pretty modest budget of uh, 50 million dollars um, and it was originally slated for a 2019 release um, but then was pushed back to early 2020. And as we all know, what happened in 2020, we had a huge pandemic and the movie got pushed back and pushed back again, missed its theatrical window. And it looked like, the movie, you know, what was going to happen with Greyhound? Was it going to get, was it, were they going to wait? Maybe release it at Christmas time? You know, no one really knew. And uh, this is where Apple TV get involved. So they were launching their streaming service. I think it came out in the summer of 2020. Um, and I think they had, their flagship shows were like there weren't many. Let's Ted put it that Lasso, way. I think, and they had like a cartoon yeah, as yeah. well. Um, and then you know, Ted Lasso did well, it's a good series. But they stepped in and they saved Greyhound's bacon, really. Um, and they reportedly paid 70 million dollars for the streaming rights to the movie. So I'm sure Sony were very happy to make back their money. Um, and the film was reported by Apple to have been at the time of the opening the biggest weekend for any show on its platform at the time of release. Um, and an Apple representative told Deadline, uh, the film turned in a viewing audience consumer it with a summer theatrical box office hit. Now, they don't give out the numbers, streaming services mm. famously, but, yeah. you know, I assume it's been a hit. And at the time of recording, um, it was reported in May that a sequel is in development by Apple Studios and part of a bigger deal with Playtone. I really, really, really hope they're going to adopt uh, adapt the ship. I hope so. Um, I hope we get like a, 
a CS Forrester follow up. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe Royal Hank Navy might focused. direct. Yeah, mm. Hank could be interesting. Who, who would play a who play the the crew? That'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? You could do a whole episode would, just yeah. on that. You get Stephen Graham back doing an English accent. <laughs> that'd be so funny. <laughs> that American guy's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be fair though, uh, I think Graham's Brooklyn accent is pretty good, actually. Yeah, like, no, he does nail it. I mean, he's he's really solid in this. And he's great. At it. He's he, good. In he everything. doesn't have a he doesn't have a lot in there really. He's, he's in the CIC. Mm. Uh, there's a few bits where in the wardroom, a couple of chats on the bridge, and whenever he does pop up, it's it you know it moves things forward a bit, doesn't it? it yeah, it you get gives the a little like bit of progression to the characters. Yeah, it's nice, um, and he respects Kraus a lot. You can tell. Or is yeah. or is sympathetic to what he's doing. That they work, they play off each other well. Never thought I'd see Hanks and Graham on screen together, but it's nice. Um, and then we have a well, I say retro review, but it's only two years old this week. Um, so Hollywood Reporter's Ian Freer gave the film three stars, and he concluded his review by saying, "A serious, well-intentioned slice of World War II naval history, full of compelling detail and good action, but lacking the dimensions and dynamics to make you truly feel it." Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I know you've got a couple of um, things that you, you, you've you noticed about the film and there's a couple of things that don't quite work for you. But for mm. me, I think it works phenomenally well. I think as a tight, really purposed movie, I think it yeah. comes across as really competent and it works. Yeah, I think it's I, good. I don't have any real I really like it. this film. I, I know some people... It's often described as like naval fury, as as like some kind of yeah, okay. some sort of diss like against down. Yeah. film. Yeah, I, and I don't agree. Like I like fury. I think fury is a beautiful like shot too. film. There's elements of it that I, I have mm. problems with, but I can't say the same about this one. I think it. I think it works. Yeah, I, I do as well. There's things I want to say, but I'll say my final thoughts because it make more sense. But we asked you again, fair listeners, what you think um, with our one road review. And we had another bumper crop. Um, I think we had like 40 or 50 responses. I mean, thanks yeah. very much. We, But we're going to read five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four, I think I've got here. But thanks again, because we, we love hearing what you guys think. And it's, uh, it's always nice to include your thoughts. So Ian McClellan says flounder. Quite like that. Mm. Dan Steele says atmospheric. I true. I agree Absolutely. with that one, Dan. Yeah. Seri Thomas says slippers. And I think three or four other people commented up yes the they did thing. i saw quite a few slippers yeah yeah it's, the symbolism of those slippers is nice I, I do like that uh and danny c finally and i think it is a bit of an elephant in the room we'll have to address it he says paywall yeah i mean that's the nature of it we've got so many streaming yeah. services now and they're all vying for good content mm. and it just so happens that apple is at the t- was at the time a service that not many people took up instantly no and i well, would I say think it'll It'll think it with Masters of the Air. People will be getting that trial. Oh, I think so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or That'd be a big draw. I and think, it, I mean, this was a big draw. I think a lot yeah. of people, I know I got a, a trial when it yeah. when it first came out simply to watch this. And I, I think I mean, I I'm lucky because Kate, Katie's got Apple TV. So I was able to watch it again. And I know I think of you, course, you, you get another trial TV. to watch it. That's the only yeah. issue, isn't it? It's time for Ali Tally on Fighting on Film. If you've listened to the Enemy Below episodes, then you'll know that me and Matt are no naval experts at all. Absolutely um, not, no. Yeah, so someone could someone could walk past in the feather boa and I'd be like, oh, that's very accurate. <laughs> like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but I, as I said, I like these kind of movies because I like seeing the US Navy like deck jackets and the Just, deck jackets oh you want one yeah. don't you like you, yeah i know that james holland's probably gonna be wearing his i'm like oh you look so you look looks good on anyone them jackets it does they? i I'm, I'm a sucker for a good deck jacket or any kind of jacket really but yeah. they look so good they're very um, cool aren't they yeah there's a couple of variations in this as well um but yeah i when it comes to ali tally this week um the uniforms to me again not naval experts, not uniform experts of US Navy of the 40s, that's for sure. Um, but I feel like the wardrobe department got it right. They mm. they kind of stressed all the uniforms. They look worn, they look lived in. There's a variation. Not everyone's uniform. And it's because it, working on a ship is hard, especially yeah, exactly. you know, the guys North are wearing Atlantic. like 
you know, guys are wearing stuff that's got oil covered in it if they come up from the, yeah. the engine room, things like that. It's really nice. Um, and then when everyone goes into battle stations, you've got um, the cook character. When Cleveland um, comes off of uh, off of cook duty and starts helping the AA gun um, load up, he's just wearing his uh, M1 helmet. And a, and, a, and a life vest. I just love things Over like that. Over his whites, yeah. Exactly, because it's everything on a ship so frenetic and, and they never get to rest properly. So I like that sort of, it, it's really frantic and people just putting on their helmets and getting ready. I don't think um, Tom Hanks doesn't even put on his like leather captain's coat thing until about halfway through. Yeah. Um, and that's nice. There's nice little things. Obviously, you've got to mention the monogram slippers because then mm-hmm. right, they're really nice. I like the symbolism of, when he finally, I mean, spoiler alert, if you've not seen the movie, but halfway through, he takes his boots off and his feet are absolutely, yeah, yeah. bloody. He's been dead. stood for like three watches at that point, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, um, and I assumed it's because he hadn't broken his boots in either because he was new. He is, yeah, I agree. I, I think you're right there. Um, so it shows you that the rawness of his, the rawness of his feet match the rawness of his um, experience. Experience, yeah. Yeah, like I know it's a ten, it's a tenuous thing. I did A level film. That, that's massively A level film. You stick that in an essay, you're gonna get a B. Um, <laughs> but, like, but it makes sense. And then he gets his monogram slippers, puts them on. You know, he feels the comfort. Reminds him of home. It's really nice. I like the symbolism yeah. there. Well, they're they're introduced with um, his love interest, Elizabeth Shue's character. Yeah. Um, and they become. You don't realize it, but they become like Chekhov slippers, don't they? For, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, you get like a Christmas gift. They exchange and yeah. um, and then they they come in handy. No, um, they do. They really. It's nice. I, I love all those shots. I know we're getting a little bit off, off topic, it's but fine. I love all those shots of of the blood on the floor it's where he's good, pacing. Mm. Um, and yep. when he takes them off, they're covered in blood in in, in his cabin. Mm. I, yeah, I the attention to detail in small things in this film is actually really good. Um, yeah, and I've watched it a number of times now and you do pick up other things that you don't, you know, you missed don't the first see. time around. I mm. like how it's, I mean, it's not really Ali Tally, but it, it makes sense sort of to talk about, talking about the slippers. I like how colourful that sequence is when they're chatting in that hotel lobby. Yeah. The contrast is massive. Yeah, isn't it? Really nice. Um, and it's, it's almost, you know, because America obviously isn't as touched by the conflict on the home front. Like there's no bombings and things like that of any real merit. Um, so America at that time was quite vibrant and, and we think of like the neon lights and things like that so I like that it's a nice little contrast because um, the rest of the film is very dark and very uh, you, know, you get the red lighting of the action stations it's a very yeah. um, saturated colour palette but that bit really stands out I, I like it it is but it works really well doesn't it I mean you, mm. I mean, comparing it to Fury you get that that colour palette it's fairly similar it's, it's quite you know matte and saturated and Mm. Um, has very like war movie type feel. Combat it is, feel. It, especially, yeah. especially you know since Save It Private Ryan, that is the the kind of color palette that we've got. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. um, in 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 modern war movies, a lot of them. But mm. I think it works especially well in the North Atlantic because it is grey. Yeah, um, yeah, massively. It, it you it works. It fits. I'm going to talk more about that later on. But mm. um, in terms of other alley kit, like. Five inch guns. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks yeah. good. Um, you know, that the, the the sequences where the you know the firing is the guns bare, um mm-hmm. and they're blasting away at that surfaced uh U-boat. It's so it's just good, it looks it? incredible good. And the deafening really sound, good. like it, the sound design. I mean, the sound design was nominated for an Oscar. Um I believe so, yeah. It didn't win, unfortunately, but we were happy because the more the more movies that get Oscar nominations in the war movie genre fantastic you know keeps the genre yeah. alive um yes yeah, so the sound the sound like deafening in those sections and the men moaning about oh i can't depress the gun far enough to yeah. shoot at the, yeah. the u-boat and things like that and you get you know them just blazing away with their aa pom-pom guns i'm just like oh my god like <laughs> crazy yeah Brilliant. 40 millimeter uh, 40 millimeter bofors 20 yeah. millimeter orkins and the depth charges really like those. Um, you get the, I think I mentioned it in the, in the enemy below episode, but you get the guys with the big, the big radio operator helmets as well. Oh yeah. Love yeah. them. Love that, to that's see how, them. That's how well we know naval kit, <laughs> the, the big radio operator helmets. Like, they're like um, ones out of star, Bo- star balls or whatever it was called. <laughs> <laughs> the Mel Brooks star Wars yeah. ripoff. Yeah. They look like the, like the guys out of that. Um, 
I think me and Matt both have it on the list, actually. Um, and it was really nice to see it. You get to see US air cover and then you see RAF air cover at the end. Like, that's so Catalina, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think we've ever... Well, it's probably the first time we've had a convoy run movie in modern era. Oh, Isn't yeah. I don't think we've yeah, had one since, like, the 50s. Probably not. Yeah. But no, maybe... Uh, yeah, because even even the enemy below is not a convoy movie, is it? No, no. U five seven one. Is there a convoy so. in that? Or I I think there's just a, a U boat scene, isn't there? The U boat captain um, voice voice played the captain of that U boat. Oh God, did he? Oh, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't watched all the new Das Boot yet. No, I haven't either. There might yeah. be some convoy stuff in that, but I know more. more yeah. Than more than likely but with that seeing that bombing run at the end from the catalina oh it's great yeah, great. yeah it reminded it really me was. of the flying boat scenes from uh yangtze incident oh yeah yeah that was, yeah but yeah. remind me of that a bit. Um, but, uh, you do know. love a bit of flying boat action on the pod gotta be honest but when are you ever going to see like um... a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That replicated again in a movie probably very chances are very slim i mean they didn't need to do it but they did it no, and exactly. i appreciate it yeah um well tom was banking on it wasn't he <laughs> he didn't, he didn't yeah. have much left to fight back <laughs> with because unless they were going to ram it which i thought we didn't get you know out of the big the top ways of killing a u-boat it, ramming's the only one he didn't do i think yeah yeah that's very true yeah um, maybe they're, they're saving the ramming for the sequel maybe let's hope so you gotta save the ramming for the sequel <laughs> You can't put it in yet, Tom. Just, I thought I thought that was Tom. I thought Tom went into oh, no. generic producer <laughs> voice whenever he puts a, on his producer the, hat. One of the Sony guys. <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep him waiting for that RAM sequence. The guys love it. <laughs> but apart from that, because it's it's so locked into the ships, there isn't much you can really like pick out. Well, the ships are incredible. I mean, that oh, God, last yeah, of shot of them. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute, but but the ships are incredible. They look brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think the CGI holds up really well. Um, I think it does. It might date with time as CGI does. There's a little, um, there's bits here and there that I think, are, I think don't look a, good anyway. <laughs> like, yes, there are a few bits that are really flat mm. and looks like they haven't put the same level yeah. of rendering <laughs> yeah. into them. Yeah, that's um, it. So, you know, like whenever you get a, sorry to, go, to interrupt, but I've got to say it, you know, when you get secret close-ups of U-boat deck crews or, or sorry crews on the deck of the u-boat firing the guns yeah they look like they're out of a playstation one cutscene because they don't move <laughs> properly and whenever you get like a a bit where you can see chaps like on ships and they're not animated properly like they only got like two or three frames of animation so they move like robots you know like Chuck E. cheese <laughs> animatronics they move really weird that's yeah, the only yeah. bit i found really janky but apart from that there, there, there is a little oh, bit of janky cgi in places but then yeah. there's other bits that are just phenomenal i mean oh, you can gosh, see where yeah. they put all the money into those oh, yeah, certain like, scenes yeah. seeing the corvette um, smash into waves as I said before like oh that's yeah. oh, beautiful i mean they they probably should have put a little bit more effort into those u-boat crew members a little um, bit little bit i, I mean, know it was i know it was a distant shot but they probably they should have done for maybe like five seconds or so yeah. it's not that bad because this is the thing i said you off count off off mic i said when you over analyze sequences you notice that sort of thing mm. but when you're watching it on the big telly you don't really notice i'll say it now i was going to say it later on but i would have really loved to have seen this in cinema i, I would have too it, yeah i mean some of those sequences 
would have really been great to see on a big screen especially with the sound as well like it would have really yeah, yeah absolutely. it's a shame the sound on the film is incredible i mean it completely justifies that nomination yeah i think you're right i think it does but maybe as we, if we venture into sort of favorite scene category maybe we should jump to it hello there sorry to interrupt i wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on patreon as thanks for your support you'll be able to help us pick films submit questions for guests have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch and much more thank you for your support now back to the show so Rob, what's your favourite scene this week? Really got to admit, and this is something that maybe I was going to say a final thought, so I'll say it now. Because the movie is A to B, there's no there's no C plot. There's no, oh, will the engine room do up the bolt in time so the ship doesn't sink? There's nothing like that at all. No. It's it's literally just Tom Hanks fighting U-boats till the end. There's nothing yeah, there, there isn't even any like jeopardy with when when the U-boat does get a deck gun hit on the, no, on the it ship. Just happens. I mean, I, I know it kills yeah. uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but there's there's no like, oh, are we going to get this fire put out? Or yeah, exactly. It just there's, it just there's happens, a little bit yeah. of jeopardy with like where we're running out of depth charges. Mm. Um, and there's lots of jeopardy elsewhere. With, oh yeah, you know, God, yeah. Uh, with other elements of the film, we'll talk about in a moment. That convoy is like fighting for his life. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's that's funny. enough jeopardy. Like, do, <laughs> yeah, do we exactly. need more jeopardy? Yeah, exactly. Um, Christ, you know, like they've already um, lost the fucking fuel tanker. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can imagine well, I, somewhere like someone's running into the cabinet war rooms, be like, "Sir, the convoy's lost a tanker," and she's like, "We'll have to, we'll have to stop Operation Husky for four weeks. God damn it! <laughs> Turn the heating off. Turn the heating down." <laughs> so you know what I mean yeah. by that. So I found it really difficult to pinpoint a scene because it's not, it's not really scenes. It, I know it's not a gimmick. Like there's no single shot, but it sort of feels like that in the way that it's done. Well, it's it's shot over like four watches. Yeah, and it's like blocked off one after um, another. Yeah, so but they're extended sequences, and I found it hard to pinpoint. But there is one bit I really, really like. So going back to the CGI bit, is it the hotel sequence? Could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> I like the train ticket you showed. That was really that was really cool. A bit of Americana. No, I was like, no. I hope we can get a refund on that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the sense of vastness the film shows and the sense of scale. Mm. So. There's some lovely aerial shots where you see the vastness of the ocean and the relative oh, yeah. size of that convoy um, and showing how vulnerable they are, really, because it's the sea. You know, you're on the top of it. They're on the bottom. You know, it, that's the that's you know, you're you're alone in the vastness yeah. of the ocean. It's it's amazing to see it. Um, but there's one bit that I really, really liked. And so Greyhound is, is blasting away a surface U-boat at night. And Hanks, Hanks sorry, Krauss, is directing the fire. And one of the crew off camera warns of a merchant ship dead ahead. And a Greyhound, it narrated, you know, Tanks is like, you know, quick, turn the ship. I, don't, I forget what he says. Um, like hard to port or something. Hard I to guess. port, hard to starboard, yeah. something like that. Um, you know, n- Navy speak. Um, <laughs> so he says that. <laughs> and um, you get the scale of the merchant ships compared to this little Fletcher Kloss Corvette. Yeah. yeah. And you get, and it's only for a split second, Tom Hanks looks up in awe at the size of this ship. And it just hit home to me how small <laughs> the ships were. Yeah, the defending it's instant, big ships. It's instant scale, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's immediate. It's, fab. it's fabulous. And, you know, the, and they've also worried they're going to hit it and you get these little sparks come off the side where Keeling does hit the ship. It's just a great, it's maybe on screen for maybe 10, 15 seconds. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And then I, I thought deeper about it after. And it actually, I think it, it's on one level it's showing the scale of the job at hand to hanks you know like it's it's not only like what they're doing but it's like look how big of a ship we're going to lose if i don't do my job properly and i think well especially at the end where it's one of those ships is is shown as like a troop ship yeah exactly sides are lined it's really hard at the end you you Mm. see just how many people could potentially drown you know or or die if if Hanks doesn't do his job properly, and I I, re- I really and it's great effect work anyway, um, but I thought that was really powerful that little sequence. It was really nice. I agree, and uh, one of my favorite parts of the film is around that sequence as well, where you mentioned it, where the camera pulls out into this fantastic aerial shot and it pulls back and back. You see all the the, the it's when the U boat pack is attacking on multiple fronts, and you see that's it. 
you see lots of the um the fire from all the different uh, frigates and destroyers and corvettes mm. the defending the, the convoy and it pulls up through the cloud and then you see the the light flashing on the cloud from the gun flashes mm-hmm. and then it pulls up further and then you get just this layer of aurora borealis and it's just it's the way it juxtaposes with the chaos on the surface of the sea yeah. with the calm of the aurora it's just no, it's beautiful it's, it's, it's really, really beautifully done yeah yeah it's nice it's you don't get that in the cruel sea as much because they're restricted um, yeah, I, they just couldn't do that in 1950. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it's really powerful, I think, at times in the movie. And it it, it's a little bit commando esque, Tom Hanks killing four U boats in so many different ways at times. But it is a good movie. Is it's, it four? I think it's four in the end. Yeah. Mm. It has that chat with Diamond at the end. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. the Catalina got one. So. Oh, of course it did, yeah. So he's taking credit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they were marking it with their guns, so it's a shit kill. Yeah. Um, coming off that cruel sea reference, I think for me, my favourite scene in the film is uh, where the tanker is destroyed, mm-hmm. and Kraus is trying to decide whether to heave to and pick up survivors, yeah, or to go and aid. Um, there's a radio message that comes in and says there's a contact at the rear of the convoy, and we think the the U-boats are going to strike there next. And you can see him pause and he's trying to think, mm. should I heave to or should I go and protect the rear of the convoy? And here's the, you know, the, the the sound of the explosions on the tanker and you know screams and someone says there's men in the water and he heaves to and he makes that choice. And it's kind of almost kind of mirrors the the, yeah. the cruel sea sequence where you know Jack Hawkins has to make a decision about whether to depth charge whether those, those guys are still in the in the water. It's nowhere um, near as good as that cool CC. No, it's not. I no, must it, say it, that it, now. It, it's not. Yeah. It's not. But it, it it's it's good. It's on a pole. You know, it, yeah, it's it's getting there. Yeah. I think it's I think it's admirable to compare this movie to the cruel scene, which is Oh, well, I think so. Yeah. I think but for you and I, it's probably the ultimate, isn't it, really? Yeah, well of course, yeah. It's like in my top probably my top three war films yeah. of all time, yeah. you know. Um and then just four survivors are pulled from the water. Mm. And he and he has to process the fact that he's probably made a mistake he's probably let another ship get attacked and probably damaged or sunk yeah just to save those four men and it's you know needs yeah. of the many best and that's the few. thing it's the whole you know you're, you're trying to protect ships but then really you're protecting the men on the ships as well like it's the whole yeah you Got know the, the land combat is a bit different like it's men against men in, in many ways unless you're in a tank but like when you're when you're on a vehicle Sometimes the human element is taken away because mm. you think, oh, I'm just shooting at another another vehicle. You know, it, it's that whole mental chest that you see. It's it's very good. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Tanks brings that he portrays the agony of that dilemma really well. Oh yeah. You know, it, it he's just good. Tom Hanks is just good when he well, when yeah. he, you know it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. He's one of the one of the greats who'll go down as that. Um but yeah, I think it's good. He does he does it he does it justice. He adds the, mm. the, the right level of weight, I think. I mean, throughout throughout the film, I love how Hanks crafts the character and builds him. Uh, mm. There's little bits where, you know, the interactions with the crew, you know, and sometimes it's just glances where he realizes mm-hmm. that his yeoman is is freezing outside because he's he's preoccupied and staring through like his binoculars. Yeah. He turns around to the messenger and he realizes he like, stood there shivering. Mm. And he goes inside because he knows the messenger will follow him. Yeah. And it's just really small nice little things bits, like that. You know, offering um, the man next to him a coffee when he doesn't have to. Yeah. yeah things like yeah. that. It shows he cares, um, which I really like. You know, he's not he's not a young, he's not a young buck trying to prove himself. He's this what well, I assume no, and you, and he was a reservist, you, wasn't he? I think is what they say. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So he's been on ships before, he knows the crack, but he might not know how it is under fire. So I, I like him the way he does the way he works his characterization even though you don't get very much of it mm. he, he works and he works with what he has and you can see from the way the crew reacts throughout the film to him they're unsure at the beginning and then it, it slowly builds and you can see that by the end of the film they they trust him and know that he's gonna yeah do the right thing because there's a bit where one of his officers says they're gonna um flank left mm. and he orders them to go right and they all kind of pause and look and they're like well that's not 
what's going to happen because it's not obvious to them that he's thinking of, of they're going to try something else or you know yeah yeah um there's lots of little moments like that where granted there's not a lot of dialogue to push this forward no. but there's parts there's parts in the film where that character does grow and it's subtle um and for a film that's completely action and it's tension and it's ramped mm. um it does those little subtleties quite well in places i think yeah i think you're right i think the one i mean the final thoughts as well the proceduralness of a lot of the dialogue yeah. was lost on me a lot of the time because i was like i i get what you're talking about but do we do we need this much can you just simplify it a little bit <laughs> for people yeah see what i mean i, I like i like, not, I like some of it i, I yeah. like how they they explain that you know the the other escorts are running out of fuel mm. um i like how they explain the way sonar works that was good subtly. Must admit. yeah i you, like how you they can't have a convoy you know, film without explaining how sonar works no, it's not it's not that kind of, kind the of rules. defeats the object doesn't it yeah um there's no ping at least there and I also like the fact that they explain um, the depth charges. So they're running out of depth charges and that adds a little bit more tension. So he's down to like yeah. six charges at the end of the film. And he, and the, the depth charge officer says, well, we can't do full patterns. Should we just like fire one at a time? And, he, and, he's, and Hanks is like, yes, that, that will probably be the best course of action because mm. yeah. we have six left. Yeah. Um, so there's times when I think that procedural dialogue works and it, it, it helps. But there's other bits where they... You know, they include um, the acronyms of um, the Admiralty and, and yeah, a little bit uh, high like frequency, that, yeah. high frequency radio chatter mm. and stuff, and it 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 kind of you you spend too much time thinking, what does that that <laughs> what's that mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a huge thing. It, it didn't it didn't draw me out so much that I found it. I couldn't keep up with what was happening. I just thought sometimes I was like, okay, there's another way of saying this, almost. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree there. But if we're in final thoughts, I mean, for me, I love the the introduction with the uh, Churchill and, and Roosevelt soundbite. That's really good. Yeah, which that is good. Set the scene um, really tightly, and then you're thrown straight into the convoy. Which is yes. another thing you, you don't see land. No, you don't. You don't see, the only yeah. time you see land is in that that scene with with Elizabeth Shue, yeah. um, and then it's just a room. So there's no landscape shots or establishing stuff. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's just Agreed. you're straight into the convoy, and then what I think is really interesting about the film is they don't get to go into Liverpool, um, no. much to Hanks's you know um, disappointment. He's diverted to uh, Derry to to mm-hmm. refit and rearm. Yeah. Um, so you don't get that um, that touching land well, almost. You, you don't get the climactic uh, home. resolution of them yeah. sailing into Liverpool, which would have been really cool, actually. But you good. know, I can imagine the CGI the, budget would have been stretched a bit. There. Maybe the sequel will be them coming out of Liverpool, perhaps. Maybe, maybe. Um, but we do get that really nice shot of the three surviving. Um, yeah. escort vessels it's nice powering through the waves and it looks yeah. incredible it looks great i also um, like and... the, the chat he has with diamond at the end yes yeah. um that that subtly sets up a sequel where he, it's like how you know how many u-boats did you get he goes four and then the yeah diamond goes well let's hope next time's a bit easier eh you know i really like that it's just very like understated like, yeah, navy navy captain talking to him like it um it, in terms of issues for me though because there are a couple um see i the bit with the german u-boat captain over the radio howling it, you know obviously you wouldn't do that you would break radio silence like that but yeah i thought i felt it was a little bit pantomime villainy a little bit it is i mean the, if it's hungry oh, oh like, that, that oh, bit was bad i mean yeah, some, I, some of the the dialogue could have been a little mm. bit better i think tighter there it's apparently it's based i haven't read the book I need to read the book actually but the taunts are based on a brief couple of lines in the book where it talks. I think it's there's a, a conversation with one of the other escorts, and it says, um, overnight we've had some uh radio chatter and one or two insults from a uh from one of the U-boats, like oh, an okay. English speaker on one of the U-boats, and I think that's where it comes from. Right. So I I, I don't think it happened in real life, but it's from Forrester's book. It sounds and, like it and would. Hanks has <laughs> taken it. 
and use a bit of artistic license to to yeah to put the antagonist mm. up front and in the film so one thing before we move on i think the film does incredibly well i think the soundtrack creates such a atmosphere mm-hmm. when they introduce those u-boats mm. the that the noise and the sound of the waves and the the music around that is Quite so good. eerie it's disturbing yeah. you know it's coming up out of the waves and you you see the conning tower break above the surface they're like sharks that that's the they feel like sharks coming up yeah i like that yeah, i think i think that that is done really really well but i i agree i think i think although it's artistic license and there's an element of it from the book i still think hokey yeah bit, it, it could crap. have been done a little bit better i think yeah it could have been or done a little bit less if they'd done it once but they keep doing it there's another reason i thought they might have done it got in my notes i was like i think it might be maybe to humanize them a little bit maybe yeah yeah for the audience but it's done in a bit of a roundabout way like we well if you if do you know what i mean by that like yeah i do if you compare it to things like you know enemy below where you get almost a 50 50 portrayal of ship and submarine Mm. um you don't get anything like that in this film. No, you don't. It's just those, from those little radio interactions are the only look at the crew that you get. Mm. My closing, like I've written a bit of a closing statement here, um, which is <laughs> I just thought I'd write. I just got writing, so I say I wrote not as in depth in terms of characterization as the Quasi or even the Enemy Below, but a decent effort by Hanks and the team. I was saying to Matt that this is to naval films what Fury was to land-based war films in terms of its budget. It's a mid-budget war film that isn't trying to tell a story of one group of soldiers winning the war or using a gimmick like being filmed in one continuous shot. It's a solid, no-frills naval warfare film. If it had come out in the mid-50s, it would fit right in with the genre, and the genre also needs more films like this going forward. I completely agree. I mean, it's it's up there with, you know, the classic ship versus sub movies, isn't it? Cruel yeah, exactly. scene, Gaspu, yeah. Bedford incident, enemy below. Yeah. You can compare it to all of those and it comes off favorably. Mm, I think um, it does, yeah. Which, you know, is, is one thing to say. I think the mise en scène is really good. I think the way that they captured the movement of the ship at sea, mm. um, it was filmed on uh, gimbals apparently okay. um to recreate the the movement of, makes sense. Of, um, of, the, of the sea. I like the the depths of um the attention to detail that they've gone to. So they, one of the articles I was reading um, talked about how they uh, recreated the the um, the Bofors guns with the the correct rate of fire on on like a pneumatic. Um, oh, wow! Um, so they got the recoil right on on a pneumatic mm-hmm. system. Um, I just love the way that the film gets across that the atmosphere. So yeah. when you know when the red light comes down because the you know night running. It just feels very atmospheric. Mm. And yeah. then you can feel that biting cold. Yeah, I've got to admit, it does a good job of making making the, the cold feel cold. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's the North Atlantic, so you can feel that wind ripping through the bridge. And the know, the, spray the water, hitting there's, there's water yeah. leaking through the bridge roof. The the um the portals at the front of the bridge have frozen over at one point. He, he talks about, you know, you need to pour some warm salt water on that and mm. you know, get the windscreen wipers going again and then you've got the claustrophobicness of the the cnc the sonar um room as well where it feels compact and tight because mm. you only see like three rooms of the ship like yeah, the ward room, many. Yeah. the wardroom the bridge and the, the cnc <laughs> sorry the cic and despite that you feel like you you've seen the ship you know what's going on yeah because it's, it's it's a classic filmed on the bridge yeah well, definitely naval war movie isn't it you know, compares really favorably with the classics. And as I said at the beginning of the film, I I noticed things as I rewatched. Um, so there is a little bit of depth to it, whereas it can seem like just a straightforward hour and a half movie mm. with a very focused plot. But there is nuances, there is subtlety in there as well with the you know the characterizations we talked about. And I, I think it just stands up as a really good war movie. I think it's good. It's if if you can find it and watch it. I think it is mm. worth it. But I agree. I, I agree completely with your points. Yeah, it's just I thought that it was interesting just to mention Fury there because this was shot for less money than Fury was. So Fury's got oh. like an eighty million budget or sixty million. Um, this was made for fifty. So just to see what you can do 
on a budget like this was very interesting, you know. And then we get something like 1917, and we get something like Dunkirk, and their budgets are in the hundreds of millions. You don't have to be so epic and grand with your war film. No. You can be, no. you can tell a small story. Um, as we've seen through the genre through the years, there are so many stories to be told and so many different ways to tell them. You don't have Absolutely. to go bombastic. You don't have to have gimmicks. Yeah. And I'd I think welcome movie, more small. Yeah, so so would yeah. I. Which is why I'm small stories. Why I'm hoping that a sequel would do the exact same, maybe just on a different ship in the Med or something. And it's another way of getting people into C.S. Forrester's work because he's one of the greats. Um, and I know from this movie that uh, Greyhound got a, an audio book adaptation and that came out in 2020. And I know it was reprinted as well because you couldn't get copies for a while or I found it hard to get one. Then they re-released it for the, for the movie. So that's a good thing as well. And how often do you see Convoy movies? Exactly. And we say it all the time, but how often do you see Battle of the Atlantic films? Yeah, you really need a T-shirt with "How often do you see?" written yeah. on. You know that. And I think we have ways to the thing where they say, like, you know, people don't talk about the Battle of the Atlantic as much as they should because of how important it was. Oh yeah, pivotal. Yeah, and it's nice that Tom Hanks made a passion project that wasn't clearly like a vanity project. He clearly cared a lot about what he what he was writing, and yeah, and the overall the overall um, payoff worked really well for me. So there we go. That was Greyhound. Thanks again to our patrons for picking this one for us. There'll be another Patreon pick coming up in July. Just uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one on the Patreon. And as always, thanks for listening. You can find the entire back catalogue of the show on fightingonfilm.com. Maybe you'll have a foff binge. Who knows? We'll catch you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.